I'm the one that's getting them all of these drugs, and this is mm -hmm. how they treat me. And, 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 and for a drug dealer to look around at disgust, right? At people doing the drugs, right. it takes a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. Please lock all doors and seal all windows. All members in your household should hide in the most central part of a building. This is just a girl's. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to glamour. <laughs> and I'm Shaun of the Dead. That's better than a 10-inch dick, and you know it. <laughs> that was good. Um, tonight's film on the house that screams horror business is Party Monster from 2003. We have Crystal. But it's my birthday, and I want to have a blood feed. <laughs> we have Dave German. Last night, I dreamt of Glockamora again. <laughs> Very good. We have Erica Wright. It's a kitty. Oh, it's our love child. We'll call him Scrinkle. <laughs> and we have returning special guest, Jenna Fryer. How do you like my UFO? <laughs> Christina. Oh my god. So for tonight's episode, I really this was this was a pick that was sort of I came up with it and I knew that Jenna had the same taste as I do as <laughs> we're gonna do another film kind of in this vein later. Um and I was like, we gotta do Party Monster. She's like, Oh my god, yes. And while this film works as a horror business, it has so many horror ties. We've got Seth Green who, you know, was in the uh, TV miniseries of it. We, we've got, uh, we just, we have, there's so much. Um, it's hands. actually based on a real true crime scenario that happened in the 90s. And it was the only true crime story I ever followed. Now, in the 90s, uh, I'm of a certain age. I was in high school. I graduated in 1997. Um, you know, I was going to raves and... Uh, you know, it was the whole like seen and be seen kind of thing for me but you know there were a lot of crazy drugs at those things and i hated the music i was this punk rocker like techno sucks was my whole i went there acted like a bitch acted like i hate everything and i was the sensation and it got it got sort of nasty for me and i'm, I'm just giving this personal note to give like why i got so interested in the case because i had a drug dealer friend of course because i smoked a lot of pot occasionally dropped acid uh reluctantly um you know and i had this drug dealer friend and you know there was talk of ecstasy and all this stuff and i'm like what the fuck is that and people would talk about special k and i'm thinking cereal and you know i was such a babe <laughs> in the woods i was just there to look pretty and have a cool outfit but um you know and these parties would always get broken up by the cops and abandoned warehouses and shit like that you know raves and uh you know, my drug dealer friend pulled me into the bathroom one time and I was scared. And he pulls out this baggie of powder and pulls out his keys. And he's like, you want to do a bump? 
And I'm like, first of all, what the fuck is a bump? I was such a babe in the woods. I'm like, is mm-hmm. that cocaine? I'm not doing cocaine. He's like, no, no, it's Special K. And I'm like, Special K. This is what Special K is. You want me to snort something up my nose? He's like, yeah, just make sure you don't go in a K-hole. I'm like, what the fuck is a K-hole? <laughs> and, he's, and he explains a K-hole to me, and it sounds literally like living in hell. And I'm like, no fucking way, buddy. Shit. I had rules. No needles. Nothing went up my nose. No. There were rules. And then the ecstasy... They'd be like, oh, we'll get it from so-and-so because they have the smacky rolls. And I was still a babe in the woods. What the fuck is a smacky roll? Now, anybody else would go, smack is heroin candy. And I'm like, smacky? They're like, oh, the ones with heroin, you don't want the speed ones. Unless you do, and -and so-and-so over there has that. And I'm like, I don't want any of that. They're like, you'll feel really (laughs) great. I'm like, I feel pretty good right now, as I do. Thanks, bye. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then you'd hear house music in your head, like, hours after you left the fucking party and it was the worst thing to me i was like oh god this is awful but you know i I had my fun a little bit here and there but it just got scary because it was all about the drugs and um i think this movie really captures that it kind of drags you into hey we're here for fun and how it evolves and or sort of devolves into like just you know, wild and reckless drug use. I mean, snorting animal tranquilizers and taking ecstasy that has heroin in it. And I'm just like, oh, God, no, I don't want this. But, you know, and then this, you know, the club kids were a big deal when I was in high school. They were on Phil Donahue. If you're old like me, you remember Phil Donahue. You know, uh, Geraldo, all these things. And it was just, they look so cool. And what people don't remember, or at least people my age do, RuPaul came from the Club Kids. Yeah. And that's really important. RuPaul was actually supposed to be in this film. And RuPaul had scheduling conflicts because obviously RuPaul is super fucking famous. But Amanda Lepore was in it. Amanda Lepore right. did make an, you know, uh, like a couple people who were actually on the scene. And, and not to mention I some people. I yoga who, with her. Yeah, they, they were, oh. they made appearances in the film. But, um, yeah, the this whole scenario is, is really just this tale of excess and michael alec when he got out of prison was going to write which he did in in 2014 he was going to write this book called aligula you know obviously we get the caligula and yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense like it's a perfect title and i was waiting and waiting for that book and then he died of a heroin overdose in 2020 mm-hmm. so uh we have this movie um first we got the documentary called party monster the shockumentary made by the same people who made this film so that was just my exposition like here we go on this ride and i will stop there for now um so as someone like i I was saying right before the show started um i was the movie party monster came out when i was in high school and um now i can like now i kind of understand what it's like because it's kind of like all of these kids that are now kind of getting into like emo music and stuff and i'm like oh my god like (laughs) i'm old now (laughs) doesn't it yeah (laughs) and it reminded me because there's i guess it was a resurgence of like that kind of style of music um, and it definitely came from Party Monster because everyone in my um, 
high school really liked that soundtrack. You know, I, I hung out with the gay kids and the gay kids loved this movie. Like LGBT like um, kids, I should say, because it was all walks of life there. Well, the funny thing is, is my brothers are gay and I got them into this and yeah. of James St. James. So weird. But I mean, I'm this also was part like... of LGBTQ. And this was just like our movie, like, um, uh, you know, especially because uh, we didn't do too many drugs. I mean, some of the, so, a, a lot of people did a lot of drugs. I just kind of like smoked weed and maybe some other things once in a while, but <laughs> nothing crazy. But um, this is our movie. And actually a lot of uh, the culture behind it was so fascinating to me because it's just something i never really experienced it got me really into new york in general and i ended and that's why i ended up moving there part of the reason um and there are a lot of there are a lot of bands like these are bands that like are just so not known but it definitely like kind of like came out of that genre that happened that resurgence and it's a gravy train and punk bunny were my two favorites so if you ever want to listen to that it's like weird terrible music but it's so much fun <laughs> my favorite <laughs> exactly call that punk music but yeah you know. <laughs> i mean it's really like it's all synthesizers and like kind of stuff <laughs> like it was made on like one of those like $20 pianos. Yeah. <laughs> Fisher Price synthesizers. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. And those it's Casios. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like a Casio, which is like kind of what this movie felt like. This movie felt like like they made it on a Casio. <laughs> which is funny because it apparently the budget was almost 5 million dollars. I, I can only imagine it went to like mainly the act because the performances, makeup. Yeah, yeah, makeup, yeah, yeah. costumes, costumes. Design, costumes. Yeah. costumes. The performances were great. Everything was great. I think it's just the camera that they shot it on. They wanted it to look a certain way. Yeah. And I think because, it like, does. It has almost a documentary feel to it. Yeah, you know, they use different kinds of uh, shots. You know, like when. If you think about later in the film when they're looking for the crack rock, you know, there's a certain kind of yeah. recording that they did for that. And then there's a certain kind of recording they did at, like, you know, when they're partying. Yeah. But I feel like it sort of devolves as the story unravels. And I think it's important for this type of film, too, because, you know, one of my other favorite films, um, also set in New York, Kids, uh, Larry Clark, he filmed similar. it. He filmed it very similar. You know, and it, it almost, yeah, it almost has that documentary feel to it uh, as you're following, following these kids around, you know, uh, on their various exploits, which is, you know, very similar to what we see in this. And probably happened around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Same time period. I mean, because that was Chloe Savigny's first film, and I think this may have been her second yeah. or third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was in that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll go real quick. Um, I wasn't a club kid, but I knew, uh, a handful of them and I did a lot of drugs <laughs> when I was a teenager. Um, and I, uh, got into LSD and, uh, for about a year and a half, like that was, that was my drug of choice. That was my thing. And that's were how you I always so handsy when you were on LSD, uh, just with you. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, good answer. Uh, but uh, I had uh, I had uh, 
fallen into um, a situation during that time as I was as I was taking it. Um, the person that I was getting it from uh, got into some trouble and had come to me and said, look, I'm not going to be able to get this for you anymore, but I will give you my dealer's number and you can work something out with him. And next thing I know, I was getting it for half the price that she was getting it for me. Mm -hmm. And so when the first time I go there, and it was a, a rundown apartment in the middle of the ghetto, uh, there was a handgun involved. It was scary <clears throat> as shit. And I walked out of there, you know, with a 10 strip, which is 10 hits of, of acid, for $25. Now, this stuff went for $5 a hit. So in $10 the, sometimes. In 10. the 30 seconds that I'm walking from his apartment to my car, I'm coming up with all of these, you know, drug empire ideas of like, oh, I got this for 25 I can sell it for 50 I can come back <laughs> and get two, and, you know, all this stuff. I make it to my car where my buddy's waiting, and he said, how much did you pay? I said, 25 And he's like, oh, sweet, we can take five, and we can sell the other five. And I'm like, yep, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, long story short, um, I ended up, you know, meeting some of these club kids, and I was selling LSD to them. Uh, you know, in high school, you have all these different cliques and all these different groups. And, you know, I was... Uh, they had two, two, two words for me. I was either guar because I listened to metal <laughs> or, was weird. or I was, I was skate or die. And <laughs> so that was until everybody found out that I was selling LSD. And then all of a sudden, all the jocks, all the preps, they were like, Hey, you know, we're having a party Friday. You want to come? You know, like I was getting invited <laughs> to all of these parties and you know, all this stuff. So. I started hanging out with some of these club kids and that's when I started to go to some of these raves and I, I gotta tell you, it was a totally different world like that. I did not, you know, I had not experienced anything like that. Um, with the house music, the drum and bass, um, jungle music. Um, I started to meet like, like DJs. Um, it just, it was a totally different experience. And, you know, Candy knows, like, I listen to electronic music. I listen, you know, I listen mm -hmm. to drumstep. I listen to, to dubstep, you know, things like that. You used to make it. And, and, yeah, I used to I used to produce it there for a while. But, you know, it's it, it, part of that has stuck with me. The music has stuck with me. Um, the drugs, no, not so much. I, gave, I had to give that stuff up a long, long time ago. We did that a long time ago. But, you know, <laughs> I, I had my experiences with LSD. I had my experiences with, with ecstasy. And it's funny because watching this film and, and all of the, the drug use and the mm -hmm. lifestyle that they live, going to raves here in Indianapolis, I could only imagine what they were like in New York. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because I saw some shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you Where know, I was you, like, nope, 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 nope. You'd be in an abandoned warehouse. All of a sudden, somebody comes in, says the cops are here. Everybody Just floods runs out. Runs to their car. Yeah. And, and when you're on LSD, like, you're, you're yeah, running. And you got to drive downtown. You're running downtown. towards the lights because they look so fucking awesome, you know? And, <laughs> uh, I almost got Where'd arrested. Where'd we park the fucking LSD car? LSD Where'd we park the fucking car? <laughs> What was that, Jen? There's, there's no cars in New York, by the way. You just run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost got arrested on LSD in New York City. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was on LSD. Yeah. I had, I had an experience once. We, A buddy of mine uh, and I were driving around, and we had, had taken LSD. And I got pulled over. And there was this string of incidents for a couple of months where 
the cop, we eventually found out the cops thought that I was somebody else because we, the guy they were looking for had the same car as me. And mm. I kept getting pulled over and kept getting searched. And this one particular night, I get pulled over. The cop makes us sit on the trunk of the car while he's searching our car. And, of course, we're sitting on the trunk and we're tripping and we're staring at his lights because his lights are going. And what felt like 45 minutes, it was probably only 5 or 10. But we're just staring at the lights. And then all of the sudden, I see movement in the car. And I realized that this cop's wife was with him and had been sitting in the car the whole time looking at us as I'm sure our pupils were like fucking 10 miles wide <laughs> and we're staring at these lights. And then I start freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, we're going to go to fucking jail. She knows, she knows we're tripping, you know, because you get paranoid when you're on fucking drugs and you know, it's, oh, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't, I don't miss it. I do, but I don't. No, drugs are bad. <laughs> yeah. Drugs are bad. Okay. Don't do drugs. Yeah. yeah. You hear that kids? <laughs> Once in a while. <laughs> well, you don't have kids. No when you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, the worst nightmare for me would be to, like, come out here, smoke a joint, and then have my kids know. Because right. they're old. You know, they're they're old enough, and they'd be like, you're high. And I'd just be like, oh, God, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I was <laughs> like. Right, then you're, then you're high trying to deny it, which is the worst, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, trying I don't think like, oh. I can even deny it. I mean, they'd smell it. They're, they're not dumb. I can't. I can't know? tell you how many times. I mean, you know. My mom, she knew. She used to smoke weed in the 70s. My mom smoked weed with me. And well, and my mom didn't. And so I would come home from my friend's house, which I'm sure I probably reeked, you know, but I'm playing it off like, are you nuts? I would never do that. And she's Not staring high. at me. She's like, you are so high right now. I know you're high. Don't lie to me. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. And I'm, you know, eyes barely open. Smelling like a skunk. Uh, so she puts on nice dreams and sees if you laugh. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a test. <laughs> I wish I could bring my like, mom. a bowl before you go to bed? Yeah. As <laughs> like my mom was anti-weed. I wish I could bring her down here right now and just be like, remember that time that you smashed my bowl? Because <laughs> now, now she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my dad, yeah, we 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 would smoke together. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Divorced parent life. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna take this point just really quick to put us onto the movies because we did share a, a lot about that. Like we kind of know how it can be with drugs. Um, I want to say about this film when I saw it. You know, I've always been a mega Seth Green fan. Yes. And I'm also a James St. James fan. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, both Macaulay Culkin and uh, Seth Green, they met, you know, with respectively with Michael Alec while he was in prison and uh, with James St. James. And that laugh that they do that, I mean, if you see the documentary or any behind the scenes stuff, they nailed it. They fucking nailed it. And Seth Green's performance in this is fucking amazing Phenomenal. like mm -hmm. just amazing and macaulay culkin i never ever wanted to see his ass like his bare <laughs> ass but you know like especially since the last starring role that he had had previous to this was richie rich right right you know this so, is his like resurgence yeah yeah, yeah. it really was and yeah. he did that movie saved that nobody else has seen but um the i movie. really love he was great was in that movie. A pretty big movie, actually. Yeah, I feel like I've never met another person who'd seen it who, that I hadn't forced mm -hmm. it upon. So that's this is that's a good movie. Yeah. I love that. That's a good movie. 
I don't love Jenna Malone, but that's that's a topic for another day. But yeah, Seth Green on like really fucking I mean committed that that part where he puts on two of hearts and they're dancing and you know Seth Green's like not wanting to dance and then he starts <laughs> dancing and I'm like, Oh my god, he just busted that shit right out. Like he started tearing <laughs> it up, like, wow. And you know, I think this is really a fine piece of his work because he tends to play the same kinds of characters <laughs> or stick to the same genres. And this was really something different for both of them. And they really, really shine in this as far as the acting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that you have Marilyn Manson in this who, you know, brings <laughs> his, yeah. brings his mm -hmm. own prosthetic boobs. Um... Well, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got to think about the time period this was made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I imagine yeah. him trying to find them in his play. Hey, honey, where do I put those prosthetic boobs? Right? They're, they're, they're under, <laughs> From the cover the of mechanical animals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, under, uh, <laughs> they're in, the, in the drawer with the razor dildo and. Oh yeah, I, I thought it's okay. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I know. Pro like yeah. him being problematic aside, like his yes. performance was so fun. He's such a good comedian, which kind of, like, makes it upsetting that he's such a terrible person. Right, <laughs> Oh, I right. always knew he was a terrible person. And oh, I yeah. His music, but I, I didn't was, know um, how I was terrible he really was. I was a fan of Jack Off Jill back in the day, and she was very open about how shitty of a person Marilyn Manson was. <laughs> right, um, yeah. So I well, knew, and like... Berkowitz, his first guitarist, was in Jack Off Jill. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's when I saw was, Marilyn Manson was on their first tour. He was friends with the lead singer in high school, I believe, right? Am I, did I not remember that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, but like, yeah, I was new shitty, but like, I didn't know how shitty he was. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever read The Long Hard Road Out of Hell, you get an idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fucked up book. Definitely. Yeah. It's like the one. dirt will change your whole existence. Like, oh, I can't, I can't be a fan now. Who is, that's upsetting. What is this book, and who wrote it? It's uh, uh it's Manson's uh, memoir mm, right? oh. called "The Long Hard Road Out of Hell." Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the same guy who did the dirt with yeah. Motley Crue. It's fucked up. Some of the it's, shit it's they it, did on tour. Depravity <laughs> doesn't cover it. Yeah. But anyway. It's not less. I don't want to waste any more time on Marilyn Manson, except for. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have a, I wanted to ask. I want to ask a question around that point, though. Like, what? Not to go too far afield, but what? Like, if you're a big fan of somebody, an actor, musician, and then you find out they're a horrible person in one way or another, like, how much of their back catalog do you have to, uh, you know, expunge from your life? Like, a perfect example for me is Mel Gibson. <laughs> I used to be a huge Mel. I used to be a huge Mel Gibson fan until you know. He got pulled over drunk driving and was asking, oh, you're a Jew, aren't you? You know, which is really a bad idea when you get pulled over for drunk driving. Right. Anyway. Right. So <laughs> and so I gave up all Mel Gibson films. Didn't except he call her sugar tits, too? I yeah, think so. Yeah. I recall. So, yeah. I, so so I gave up all Mel Gibson films except for Road Warrior and, and Mad Max. I can't give those up. So like, am I? Am I um, no, I think you have to you have to separate the art from the artist. You can. There are times when you cannot. No. But, right, but I can't. Like, I can't. It's a personal right. choice as to what you choose to do. Like, can you separate the art from the artist? I, feel I like can a for some. Um, I've given up I all. Think, 
Although a lot of Mel Gibson movies sucked anyway, so they were easy to give up. <laughs> but things like Braveheart was fine. And, yeah. But I can't give up The Road Warrior. I need that movie. And so I just pretend it's not Mel Gibson. It's some other guy. Well, I think so that's what I do. I think yeah. it's like if they already have a body of work out, go ahead and enjoy it. But uh, don't watch new stuff that they do. Yeah. That's kind of like what I do. I, we, well, that's easy with Mel Gibson. Shit. No, we yeah. listen to we listen to Marilyn Manson. We were quite just a bit. listening to Marilyn Manson. I will. Oh, yeah. I will. Alice he will not. He will not see a penny of from me ever. Oh, no. in my life. I've already but, done that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we listen to. I love. Trent Reznor's no, everything up to oh, really yeah. um, Antichrist Superstar. After that, I get it, it's hit or miss with me. And then every once in a while, there's like a song that's okay, but I'm just like, but now all I can think about is what I've read in that book, what I know uh, from all these women, yeah. you know, and that, and so that's where I can't. So I think it's a personal thing. Yeah. How far can you take well, it? Yeah, look at it. It's like look I can it. enjoy his performance in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, because it's funny. And then Jawbreaker, and it's really short. Yeah, yeah Jawbreaker. Um, and it, like, there's a couple of movies, especially when he's like on the comedy side, which I think is really funny. But I will not support him being in any other movie, and I yeah. don't think he will well, be. So look no, at it. No, look please. at it this way. Taboo. Look at it this way. Harvey Weinstein is a giant <laughs> piece of shit. Yes, but, but doesn't his, keep me from watching Grindhouse. But his name is on so many fucking films, so many yeah. movies, that, and I feel dirty when I see I'd have the to throw out like most of my I instantly movies. feel dirty, right? Which I but, don't mind, but right. But I mean, you know, it's like all there are so many movies that I love that he's associated with that it's like I it, yeah. I have to give up twenty percent of my film <laughs> right, right. So I just I I have to I hate it. You know, yeah, I you hate that his name out of my cold dead hands. I hate that his name's associated <laughs> with it, but. You know, is it, 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 am I gonna give up my enjoyment? You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah, I don't, I don't. it's It's just like um, on the soundtrack for Velvet Goldmine, there's a Gary Glitter song. I don't know if you guys know or mm-hmm. remember what about Gary Glitter. Yes. Um, what where they pulled R. Kelly shit off of fucking Spotify? Ew. Gary Glitter shit is still on there, and what he did is way fucking worse. Really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Gary Glitter had some bops too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dig, just, just go down that rabbit. Don't hole. know what Gary yeah. Glitter did. Please, I, I won't talk about it. Just please look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Should we Google yeah. image that or? No, no, no. no there's okay. no images. Just don't. Okay. Don't. <laughs> I just, I just wanted the, the warning. Or if you want to, do it. But it's yeah. like you'll, uh, you'll have, you won't sleep easy. Jim Jim <laughs> Jeffries. Esque, not mm. as bad as I mean, uh, no, Jim Jeffries, John oh, Jeffries, not yeah, John, Jim I, Jeffries I, is innocent. I know, you're, I know you're talking about. <laughs> but like Just Gary Glitter's so much worse than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucked up shit. When I heard about it, I was sick to my stomach. Well, now I yeah. have to look it up. Fuck. Well, now you will, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. This will not be bedroom conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. So. Did anybody else hear about this case or the club kids? I, and I'm talking to us older folk. Um, yeah. Hear about this when it came. This this, this story broke. Um, Eric, we haven't heard from you. Yeah, I have to admit, I was completely in the dark. I did not hear about this case. I wasn't aware of the movie, or maybe I was vaguely aware of the movie, like had seen the trailer at some point, but didn't know it was based on a true story. Uh, 
didn't know what it was about. So I went into this movie today with like no preconceptions, no expectations. Um, after I watched it, then I uh, looked around for some information about the, the actual real life case online just to get that background. But yeah, this was fascinating. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't on my radar before. But given, like, I guess your your growing up circumstances, maybe, maybe yeah, that I guess, played into it a little bit. Yeah, the kind of story that, like, people in, in the circle that I was raised in probably would not have <laughs> focused on or talked about. Um, super religious. I, I was probably still in high school at the time, and it was like, yeah, still that very conservative Christian homeschool mm -hmm. culture. So, yeah, probably sheltered from that kind of thing. <laughs> And you can see from me, like I'm, I'm kind of famous for my barrettes, and I've, you guys, I've seen me wear them for years now. Um, that's one thing I've kept from those days. I always oh, wow. wear these really cool fucking barrettes because my hair is so flat and so straight, and like the only cool thing I could do was put really cool hair accessories in. So I have like all these, I have like a, a huge box just full of random barrettes, mm -hmm. and so that's the, you know, a holdover from those days, and the fact that I love glitter. But yeah, it was, this was such an alarming thing and it was something that I could easily see happening, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even in Indianapolis when we're not New York City, you know, I saw what happened to my friends and how they not, they weren't my friends anymore where, wow. you know, things got so dark and people were smoking crack and doing heroin and, yeah. and I was just like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to be part of this. So I wasn't, you know, I went on with my life and did other things. I kept some fashion, but mm -hmm. uh, I was always in it for the fashion, you know, like I really liked the look, but yeah, this film is just, it, it, I just, I really like how it captures it. It was just this little art house film. It mm -hmm. wasn't in wide dis distribution. It was only in like art house type theaters, major cities. Indianapolis is not a major city. I think we're like 15 or 16 or something in, in the, the country. So it did not come here. I had to wait until it came on to home video to see it. But, um, you know, they actually downplayed some of the drug use to make really? it believable. Yeah. Oh, I can believe because didn't like Michael Alec was doing drugs with his like um, uh, DJ Kaoki. Yeah, Kaoki. Yeah, they were like known for doing drugs together. Wow. Yeah, and that's and brilliantly done by Wilmer Valderrama, played yeah. you know, playing Kiyoki. Yeah, yeah. Really um, a great fucking cast here. I think it, that like, um, with uh, the performances were amazing, and also like just the kind of chaotic drug use, uh, disco world that they live in is like was really portrayed really well even if they downplayed the drug use um you felt like you were on drugs watching this it, yeah and you still <laughs> felt it was like massively excessive yes mm -hmm. i did and i was like that's a lot you know what's for dinner oh lightly toasted k i'm like oh my god no no <laughs> how it goes from like like 
it starts off like a little bit and then it gets like crazier and crazier and crazier as it goes on. And then you're just like, oh my God, I need this movie to be done. Like my brain is melting out of my skull. <laughs> and then you remember back to the very beginning, you know, James St. James played, played by Seth Green's like, I like to start out with a bang. Let people know that something bad's going to happen. And we, and we back up to that. And then we do, because we start out, we see that hammer come down. The blood go and then it's like this beautiful party monster and then you're like what <laughs> right <laughs> and the fact that they started off with the blood feast party yeah you see okay. the blood feast party and then you then it's him like we'll take our tea in the bedroom and you know they're doing heroin oh i hate heroin and he starts overdosing and he's like it's my movie anyway you know and <laughs> michael alec you know as macaulay culkin talking and who would have ever thought Macaulay Culkin could do a role like this? Like me, when I saw it, I was like, no. Macaulay Culkin. Right, right. That that was like the first thing I noticed, too. Because um, like when I was in the fourth grade, it was after Home Alone came out on video. And my mom and I would rent that every damn week, like every Friday at the end of my school week. That was my treat. And I did that like for a whole year because I just loved that movie so much as a kid. Oh, <laughs> look at you now. What's it, like, what's it like? What is it like to revisit it now? Uh, Home Alone. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. But yeah, it was and like in my house. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin was one of those like, actors, like a lot of child actors, where you know they they just don't transition into adulthood well, and they have all these problems. So that opening scene where. Um, uh, Seth Green, you know, the character is like saying, oh, he was such a cute kid and now he's like all fucked up on drugs. And it's like, that just right. seems like a Kali Culkin joke in addition to talking about the real life person yeah. that Kali right. Culkin was playing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I thought that, that that whole scene at the beginning too, like in the donut shop where he first meets James St. James and <laughs> and, and he's, he's, you know, I want to be fabulous. And <laughs> You know, he starts telling him, you know, and he's talking about drugs and he's like, oh, drugs are bad, you know, and then you see that transition. Where... He's like, did you see that? It just flew right up my nose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, you know, he, but he as you know, as, as Mike Laylock, like he, he makes this transition and then, you know, he gets with uh, uh, Kiyoki and Kiyoki becomes this awesome DJ. And it's because he, you know, he sees Kiyoki doing drugs with uh james st james then all of a sudden it's like he becomes introduced to this world and and, and he it's like he does it like he wants to fit in and i think mm -hmm. that that's what happens to a lot of people especially yeah. you know i mean a lot of the people that i knew that were very anti-drug they get they start they surround themselves with people that do a lot of drugs and then the next thing you know they go you know right down that path and it's like they do it because they want to fit in. But then it's not so much fitting in anymore. It's they can't stop. It's maintenance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've never done that before. They've never had to, like, uh, uh, learn how to deal with drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't ever want to get to that point. I mean, you know, they say pot's a gateway drug, and I'm, like, 50-50 on that. I think it can be for the right kind of person, the person who has the right you know, chemical, you know, transistors in their brain that tells them, you know, they're an addict, you know, yeah. the, how the brain chemistry is. And that, you know, like, oh, that was cool. Let's try this. It could feel really good too. 
but other people, you know, like me, I was just like, no, I'm going to stop here. I was, I was always the mom, the, the, the Debbie Downer, the, I'm not doing ecstasy. I'm not, I'm not going to snort anything. And they're just like, oh my God, you suck. And I'm like, I don't want to die. Yeah. I'm here yeah, for fun, I... man. I don't want to die. I'm cool. Yeah. I don't want to get arrested. I'm just trying to have a good time. What mm -hmm. what killed me was when they went to Dallas and, you know, they're all sitting in that back room and the, the one girl, Brooke, I think was her name. Play, 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 Natasha Lyonne. And, yeah. And, and she's like, do you guys want to try my drug salad? And she's just drug sitting there salad. with her mortar and pestle just grinding up. <laughs> who, who knows what's in it? We're just, you know. I'd be like, no, I'm good. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Right. Fucking die. Yeah. Oh, and did you notice um, the guy from Mean Girls was in it? Daniel Francisi? I was going to yeah. bring him up, actually. Yeah. I always think of him as Damien. Um, but he's brilliant in this movie, and I want to bring that up after you have your point because I have something to say about that. Um, so what I was going to say, and like it's, it kind of veers off a little bit, but like the one problem I have with this movie is like, why do people like Michael Alec in this movie? Like, like he just gaslights everyone. Like he does terrible things to everybody yeah. and then gaslights the fuck out of them. And like, that's all he kind of does. Like, like there's, he has like a little bit of charisma and charm, but for the most part, it's just like kind of him being like, oh, stop being so silly. It's just a joke. And it's like, you like slandered my name in the press and now I don't have a place to live. Yeah. Well, look <laughs> when cut out of this trust fund. He did that to his best fucking friend. But the thing yeah. is, is if you hear James St. James talk about it in interviews or in the shockumentary, there was something about him. He was very charismatic. He did these terrible things. Yeah. But everybody treated him just like a naughty child. You know, part Ooh. of it was the rubbing shoulders of like, well, he's going to give me drugs. We're going to go to these great parties. We're going to live this crazy life. And he's the ringleader. And well, so that's... you accept that's... a certain amount of people putting you down. It's sort of like trying to get in with the in crowd. Like, okay, but they're like... going to make fun of me, but eventually I'm going to be part of that. That's the thing is that he wasn't at first like it's like Jane St. James is on top and I'm just and like I I just wish that they kind of illustrated that a little more because um, I, I had like the uh, the um, the party monster DVD with all the extras and stuff. So they had a lot of interviews with him and and stuff like that. And I could kind of like see like how people would like him and kind of like fall into him. I just wish they played that up more in the beginning because <laughs> he they they do a little bit of like oh flattery will get you everywhere honey you know <laughs> but i feel like they could have expanded on that a little more because i like at first he's just in that small apartment and he ends up getting like a hot boyfriend a really famous friend and a club like a famous club guy to like come over to his apartment and all the way in harlem which is very far from new york city right <laughs> um and they don't really explain how, you know, like all he's been doing was kind of like berating like Jane St. James the whole time up until that point. And then all of the sudden, like they're like, eh, whatever. So well, it's like, I wish they just a guy. And I think the people like that, it's all social engineering. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Sean, I oh, yeah. Before, if you just pick up on like these certain important pieces of information 
and then he had his own vision of things that he wanted to do. He was just social engineering while he was working as a busboy, you know, in, in Limelight or, you know, these clubs. He was just picking up information and then later on made all these connections. And even James St. James, who, you know, was just, they had this love-hate relationship, but they were best friends and, and remained so up until his death, believe it or not. <laughs> but... I just wish they expanded more on that in the movie. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that, Jen, because I, I it kind of took me back because you know, you look at the way he he treated uh Peter Dylan McDermott's character, uh the mm-hmm. the club owner, and mm-hmm. you know, you kind of had this I kind of had this idea that like, you know, he's trying to hook up with him. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. of course he's married, you know, and his wife um was having none of him at all. Right. But uh mm-hmm. But you have that conversation where where uh, Dylan McDermott's character tells him he's like, you know, we're barely even breaking even from you know your parties and stuff. We're we're not making any profit from you whatsoever. But then when he shows up to his Christmas party, he brings him a fucking clock, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, like well, how is what is this guy clock. doing? Like, yeah, he's not well, making you any money. On, so like, well, you know, when when um he's talking to Gation's wife, he's like. Well, he still loves me more than he loves you, because um, while um, my, if they had like Alec one scene where they show that he's like kind of giving him a blowjob, I'd be like, all right, right, yeah, it. that'd be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think I think um, you know, and Michael Alec himself has said, you know, they were outwardly very different, but inside they were very much the same. They yeah. partied together a lot. Like those hotel parties happened quite frequently between the two of them, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, but when his wife is like, you know, you're fired, get out, here's your severance pay. And Michael Alex is like, well, you know, he still loves me more than you. And the thing is, like, like when he was arrested and he was in jail, they had required that he see a therapist, psychiatrist, whatever. And they diagnosed him with histrionic personality disorder. And if you know anything about that, it very much fits, uh, you know, the portrayal in the movie and Michael Alec himself. Um, Michael Alec said, you know the the psychiatrist said i had one of the worst cases they'd ever seen of histrionic personality disorder and i'm like i fucking believe it i believe it what what and, is um, histrionic personality disorder well, histrionic uh, I'll, I'll let erica take that one yeah uh, so um it's uh it was used to be in the the cluster b category of personality disorders and the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders I think in the fifth edition, they got rid of the clusters, but uh, B clusters were the dramatic personalities. So it also <laughs> included borderline, antisocial, um, and narcissistic personality disorders. So of all of the people with fucked up personalities, that's the group that like, at least I would at le- you at least want to be involved with because even though they're charming at first, they will wreck your life much more than the other personalities um, I know firsthand have... somebody who yeah. had borderline and histrionic. <clears throat> oh yeah, and uh, histrionic. It's one of my professors said that like kind of the way to tell the difference between histrionic and uh, narcissistic personality disorder is um, a, a narcissist would have a mirror on their bedroom ceiling because I'm fabulous and like why wouldn't I want a mirror on my ceiling? But a histrionic person wouldn't do that because the mirror will fall and break and then they'll be cut up from all the glass shards and, oh, my God, my life's a mess. Please come and rescue me. Um, so that's kind of the the difference between the two. Like, so histrionic people always 
they have to be the center of attention, but they always have to seem like they're being victimized or they need to be rescued. And often they're also very seductive and really put themselves out there. So I, yeah, I could totally see the seductive part, especially with this, this guy. Yeah. yeah. And I could see in, in interviews, I could definitely see him being like the kind of like, Oh my God, someone save me in his personality. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, they even have a little scene like where, you know, after Kyoki leaves and, uh, uh, Seth Green comes in and he's like, these suicide attempts have got to stop. We mm. all know you'd never do anything to hurt yourself. You know, <laughs> you care about yourself too much. You know, it was, it's, it's a very cry for attention type. And, mm-hmm. and there's not mm-hmm. enough love in the world for you, which is very true mm-hmm. for people with narcissistic, you know, not narcissistic, sorry. Um, but uh, histrionic, you know, it's all the attention, mm-hmm. um, outrageous things that they do. Um, to get attention, you know, cries for help, a lot of things like that. And they get very exhausting. They're oh, very yeah. exhausting. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, my God, how can you do this? Um, all the time, I, I couldn't stand it. Um, I'm just going to jump into a quick point. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Um, so, Daniel Francesi, who I always think of as Damien from... <laughs> Mean girls, but um, he is yeah. in this, and he plays several roles. Like he's uh, sort of the oh. MC at, um, you know, the Dallas Club, where they're like, "We don't do anything." They didn't do that whole like money, success, fame, glamour. That's kind of <laughs> like my my bop there, but um, it really is. It gets in your head. It's either been discredited or destroyed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like it just you just kind of get into it, but. So he's the MC there, but he also plays all the costumed characters, like Clara, the carefree chicken. Mm. But the part that kind of, like, so we're having sort of this fun, crazy, outrageous, you know, almost like glitterified party atmosphere through the movie. But we know, we know something bad happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you're unfamiliar with the case, you know something bad happens in that part where... You know, Michael comes over, brings a clock. I'm getting away with murder, and you're just jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole thing. And uh, James St. James is, you know, trying to, or Seth Green's playing him, is trying to, you know, I'm going to write this. But then he, he's doing all that, okay, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. And then he sort of envisions, you know, the rat, the rat that bit freeze. And he's oh, like, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, and, like, Michael Alec and James St. James and uh, almost everybody involved at that time when everything happened with Angel, we're like, we were on so many drugs. Like, it's, it's like, fragmented. But it was at that moment, and we have, you know, um, Daniel Franchese in, in the rat costume saying, that's not what happened. Think. Remember. Here, here's where it is. Look at this. You know, kind of puts it on TV. Sort of this dissociative way of telling what mm. happened. Like, you remember this, and this is what happened, and this is what happened. That part gives me the chills. Um... Yeah. The only thing that was fabricated was the Drano and the needle because um, they proved in court that it would clog the needle, believe it or not. It was put into Angel's mouth and they duct taped it. Shut wow. Up. That was He's... Michael Alex's doing. Oof, now, that's Freeze even worse. Get with the hammer, but they Michael call a Alec... subtle difference. Yeah. 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 Well, and Michael Alex actually was the one who killed him and dismembered him for 10 bags of heroin. Yeah. And when he talks about, like, dismembering him, like, you know, go to the store, get get some knives, 
and a t- buy a TV because we need a box big enough. I <laughs> need a box big enough. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and so then he talks about how, like, how easy it was, like, the, the meat pretty much just falling off the bone and how easy the bones broke. And they he stuffs it in this box. They tape it up. And then it and shows it him there. shows him using it for like a coffee table for like two or three days. This is after they had him in the bathtub with ice for a week. Yeah. And then they chuck it in the river and they don't even weigh it down. And they just, you know, oh, it'll be fine. Right. They're right. on fucking heroin. Uh, he said, I did so much heroin. I hoped it would kill me. But then I was surprised like, at how easy it was. And 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 then after everything, nobody knew where Angel was. Michael Alec is just glibly telling everybody, hey, I killed Angel. And they're just like, oh, Michael, you're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they just think he's going to for a Well, we watched the documentary, the actual documentary, and he says it. In the documentary, he's all, he, he all but says that. And he literally like, says, well, I killed Angel. Oh, that's the kind of thing that gets me in right, trouble. Right, that's the kind of thing that gets me in trouble. So, well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's admitting it on TV. It's in columns it's all over the newspapers and i mean it's he's telling everyone yeah. well i mean it's like watch the watch the attention it's like no. that it's like that uh, that book oj wrote if uh, i yeah. did it I yeah you know the <laughs> if is like really small and the i did it is huge it's it's very tiger king-esque as yes. well yes yes <laughs> yeah. so i mean that just gives me the chills you guys know i can't do true crime but i did follow this case and i was um you know, very privy to whatever information I could get just because it was just kind of like I could see this happening. And it it, it didn't, you know, most true crime makes me sick. And it, and it does bother me. That's why that part gives me the chills. People are like, this part's not scary, Candy. I'm like, it is to me when he starts, like, forcing him to look at the facts of what happened. You know, that gives me the fucking chills. Like, oh, my God, a person did this to somebody, and they feel nothing about it. Going, oh, oh these are angel's shoes. Is that blood on the toe? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, he finally the, convinces um... James St. James, James St. James, like, you got to turn yourself in. Oh, no, Gitsy and I are going to go and do all this stuff. It's like, you know, James St. James is like, you know, was there partying along with him, but he had, like, a moral code at least. You know, like, Jesus Christ. So, you know, exposes him. Like, okay, he admitted this to me. You got to arrest the fucker. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, That's your and best I, friend I, right there. I do like at the end that, like, you know, he says, like, oh, you saved my life. Like, when he found out that Ginty died and everything. And he's like, oh, stop making this about you. Blah, blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, Don't turn I, this into an after-school special. I know what yeah. you're doing, Michael And then it's Alec. like, oh, everyone <laughs> thinks everyone's going to like you at the end of this. And, you know, and it's like, you kind of do, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, this guy's a horrible monster. But, like, aw. Yeah. <laughs> He has a heart of gold, kind of. <laughs> um, kind of. I mean, it's, it's very confused. And I think when you add hard drugs to any equation, the mm. outcome's never going to equal a plus. You know, right. eventually something bad is going to happen. People are going to, like, like when people overdose and, you know, like when Christina, they found Christina dead and they called. And, and you know, um, that's when... Um, James and James goes in there to, well, um, Seth Green goes in there to Macaulay Culkin. It's like, how can you have the party when Christina just died? <sighs> Not my fault she died. You know, very much mm-hmm. like a petulant child. Well, mm-hmm. I guess we have to party. And they're like, um, 
you know, Christina's dead, here's three burgers, where they're having their outlaw parties. And I remember those being covered on the news. I do. And it was just kind of like this wild idea. Like, I would never do that because I was always the, I don't want to get in trouble. I want to have fun, but like within limits, you know, but it was kind of like this weird, like, wow, that would be kind of wild, though. You know, seeing it on the news, I was just like, hmm, much like Gitsy and Brooklyn. Oh, I just saw you on TV. Wow. Like, <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave and Crystal. Just the thing that uh, that worked in Michael Alex's favor in this, too, is his the way he looked, his face, he wasn't, I don't know if handsome's the right word, but very like cher cherubic. His yeah. face was very innocent and boyish. Yeah. And I think that's why um, Macaulay works well in the role too. He's got that same kind of face, but he's, he's, um, and I think that's why he gets away with the shit that he gets away with. He's so charming and, and, and not, not so much the movie, but in the documentary where they show the actual video of him, he is very appealing, very charismatic and you almost want him to get away with anything because he's so cute and funny and he's just like oh you and all this stuff and i think that works it wouldn't have worked for him as well if he had more of a an older man's face or you know what i mean a rougher more face rugged. he has a very very yeah. very smooth very boyish face yeah, well, and i that's what occurred to me that i think that that played in his favor certainly and the way he acts very coquettish you know yeah um, i think macaulay nailed that part of it in his performance was that sort of a little ingenuous, you know, innocent. Oh, you know, you know, stop, stop picking on me. While while it needs to be all about him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, if you, I think back to again to that donut shop scene at the beginning, and and James St. James is walking him around the donut shop, you know, running him through like this is what you do at a party. You go around. That's how you work a party? Yeah, you go around together, and then you split up, and you can't find each other, and you have to tell everybody, you know. And so he's explaining to him like how to cultivate this personality and michael Aylig takes it to like the fucking nth degree yeah he gets it right away yeah right yeah. Away. And then, yeah and then just yeah. totally like evolves and Social becomes engineering yeah becomes this this force of nature that you know basically overshadows everybody but i, I want to talk about you know i mean we we, we talk about st. james st james and we talked about michael Aylig, uh, angel and you know, such a, a tragic, you know, story. And, and I haven't, you know, I haven't read the book. I need to, um, we are uh, sitting on the shelf. Um, but you know, just based off, off, you know, what I see in this film is that you have this kid who, you know, it shows him sitting on the floor watching, you know, uh, news footage or, or was it the was it the, the the talk show that he was watching yeah when he was on a talk show and uh with john stamos of all fucking people. <laughs> of all people no but, that was with um uh that the uh his girlfriend was the talk show he was watching something else i forgot yeah i can't remember what he was, was maybe it was the news oh it was the interview with the the news lady oh yeah well they were yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. and so and so he's watching that and his and his dad changes the channel you know, and so you can already tell that, that, you know, he lives in a household that maybe his, the lifestyle he wants to live isn't accepted. Mm -hmm. And so, he, you know, all he wants is to be accepted. All he wants is to find people that are like him. And so how many times do we see him like show up and want to be a part of this group, be a part yeah. of these club kids? And they, you know, Michael Ailig just keeps turning him away. You know, so um, sad. you know, and, and he keeps turning them away. And so then finally, he finally is able to get in and he becomes his basically the drug dealer and everybody's like taking advantage of him. 
mm-hmm. and all you know when we build up to you know the ultimate betrayal when they end up doing all of his drugs and this poor guy yeah he's a drug dealer i get it but now he's faced with this reality where it's like these people took all of my drugs and they have no money you know and so at that point is it like do you keep coming back and saying hey where's my fucking money or do you just you have to you know for me personally i I, i'm either gonna kill them or i'm gonna have to chalk up the loss and walk away because they're fucking broke you know they're broke. You're just is not going to pay your bills. Well, so no, it's not. Go out. It's not right. So, so I'm going to you know chalk it up as a loss. It's my dumbass fault for leaving that shit in my boot in the first place. You know, for and moving then... in with Michael Alec. Like, right. First place. Yeah, but it's like if you think about it, like everybody that is involved with Michael Alec, like, like they get shit on. Every single person. You know, and it was like St. James drinking his piss, which was a common thing. He liked to piss in people's drinks. Right. Or piss on people. Or piss on people. Or spit on them. Um, But, you know, with. with, He had hepatitis. But look at. Look at. Look at at Kiyoki, though. Like, Kiyoki got away from him. and And had this great, phenomenal career, you know? And it's like he came back because he felt bad and he wanted to get him help. You know, he and still loved him. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, Wilmer Valderrama. I mean, come on, he's amazing. He's dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, the thing is, is and they talk about this in the shockumentary uh, as well, that uh, Michael A. Like, like he really looked down upon these hangers-on or wannabe club kids. And um, he considered Angel one of those. Angel became a drug dealer because he moved up to New York because he wanted to be part of that scene. That's the reason he was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And his brother was the one when nobody he couldn't contact Angel and started searching for him. The cops didn't even care at first. Right. And that's, I mean, the whole thing is so sad. And, and the thing is, is that Breeze and Michael Eilig, they both got manslaughter charge for this yes this is one of the grisliest fucking murders that i i mean like real life murders i mean every murder is grisly but this is some fucking grisly horrifying shit i'm sorry i'll get to you in one sec jenna i just now saw your hand um but the thing is is that it's really grisly and it's like they killed him and then they killed him some more then they dismembered him after letting him sit for a week. Then let him sit another week in a box, missing his fucking legs. I mean, like, the details, like, I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, how can you? And they're just partying and doing all of his drugs, wearing his clothes. Like, it's nothing. It's nothing. They felt nothing about it. I mean, Freeze felt bad, obviously. It was because finally written confession, all that other stuff. Michael, it, like, never really felt bad. Even in a documentary where he talks about how he feels bad, you don't buy it. He's not convincing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks, and I feel bad, and you know, my, I wake up, and my stomach hurts or whatever, and I'm like, this is still about you. You dismembered right. somebody. You put Drano in their mouth long after they were dead. You smothered him with a pillow. You hit. You knew he was hit with a hammer three times in the fucking skull. You know, like you did all these fucking things, and you don't feel bad about it. Like, that's scary. That is 
frightening, horrifying nightmare shit. That's that's more than most serial killers do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> fucked up, and he got manslaughter. Yeah. Just to come out and kill himself on fucking heroin. Yeah. Dumbass. Sorry. Okay, uh, Jenna. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, um, uh, everything with Angel is just so, like, like, everyone can put themselves in Angel's kind of shoes at that point. And, like, you really do feel in the movie that it's, like, some act of just total anger. Like, it's not even about the drugs. It's not about, like, the use. It's just, like, Michael Alec just didn't like Angel. And, like, from what you're saying, I can totally understand, like, that Angel is kind of, like, this hangers-on kind of guy. Like, trying so hard, like, oh, where's your wings? Like, if you're an angel. And then he shows up mm -hmm. with these big wings. And then even then, like, Michael Alec's, like, making fun of him and, like, putting him down and stuff. Like, <laughs> just go away. Calling him a but, drug dealer on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just being a horrible person to this guy. And you just feel so bad for him. But at the same time, you're kind of like... <laughs> why are you still like trying to hang out with these people? You know, like, cause they, they don't give him too much of a backstory or anything. Like they give you a hint of a backstory. And there's then, more to um, his life in the shockumentary, which I, it's like an hour watch. It's worth watching. Right. Oh yeah. I, I wish it's I on YouTube for that. free. Yeah. yeah it's I fascinating. It's fascinating. It's absolutely. I should have watched that. Like it's really, this. really good. Yeah, because it, it looks really good. <laughs> I saw some previews on it, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought it was so interesting that it was made, you know, the the the, the two that made um, this film, they were the makers of the shockumentary. Mm -hmm. so a lot of things, a lot of lines that you hear in the movie are pulled from actual footage of them sitting around doing drugs, you know, recording it, doing oh, sure. you it, know, it feels real footage like a... of the parties. It reminds me of, you know, like anytime, well, you wouldn't know, but anytime you're watching like a true crime thing, they have like a dramatic reenactment yeah. of something. That's yeah. what this whole movie feels like, is yeah. like the dramatic reenactment of like what happened in this scenario, yeah. which like makes it feel more real, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does, because you get this whole... Like the whole movie is is absolutely a dramatic reenactment, and you know you feel like you're on drugs. You feel like you've gone through the whole thing, you know, with them, and then the, it ends in this whole terrible, terrible way that you know from the very beginning it's going to, you know. And it's just like poor Angel, like mm -hmm. who who hasn't been that person that like really wants to be part of things? Like, hey, that's yeah. where I belong. Those are my people, and they do that. And, and do it in such a horrible... Like, it's one thing to just, like, you straight up kill somebody. Okay? They're dead. You know, you it, just continuously mm -hmm. try and kill this guy in so many ways long after he's dead and do all the things and then get off with manslaughter? How do you fucking pull that off? Yeah. What is because wrong with was, the justice system? They cared more about trying to pin Peter on having drugs going in and out of his club. They didn't and really he care. he was acquitted. Yeah. yeah, they didn't care about Michael. They thought that he yeah. was making everything up about killing Angel. Um, yeah. And so they weren't even concerned about that until Angel's body showed up. Do you think the fact that Angel was Hispanic had anything to do with that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. His own brother says, like, nobody and cares. Gay. Yeah, and gay. Yeah. 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 And gay. 
very um, dirty word still in the in the 90s. And in Florida, uh, no. Yeah, and in Florida. Fuck Florida. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Really? <laughs> I also like, want to so say many reasons, that fuck them. Back in the, uh, I, I could see how in the 90s all this satanic panic happened because um, this that was club kid murder happened around... Oh, 80. Well, no, uh, 1996 is when they found his body. I looked it up. Because in 1993 was um, uh, the uh, Burza Mayhem murder. Mm. So it's like, oh, God. <laughs> this there doesn't bode well for hedonists. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a very hedonistic time. <laughs> yeah. And honestly like two murders not a big deal but they were you know obviously they're gonna make a lot of press because of the scenario behind them <laughs> yeah yeah and it was just such an awkward time because you know you know how you feel when you're a teenager and you see like these you know like a teacher or somebody in authority or an older person or a newscaster say these like buzzwords mm-hmm. like i'm at the rave with uh <laughs> And they're doing ecstasy, and they're having a good time, all of these club kids. And it's just like, it's so awkward. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're <laughs> So, um, oh, okay. I'll wait for you to get back. I'll, we can just run our mouths somewhere. Um, <laughs> did anybody else, like, get any kind of, like, like, vibe that I did? at that part that I'm, I was talking about with, uh, you know, where he's talking to the rat, um, where, you know, cause we had this like whole party vibe the whole time, but that, that part was very startling to me. It oh, reminds yeah. me of Donnie Darko. Mm. Yeah. When, when, you know, pans to Donnie sitting in a theater and, and the rabbit sitting beside him. Frank's Frank. next to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, the, the film. It's funny because it's, you just see this like this downward spiral through the whole thing and it's like it's very slow at first and you know especially when when uh michael Ailey starts getting into drugs and he be- he just becomes this enigmatic force like you know this presence and he just overshadows everybody but it's like once it gets to that point where he's doing more and more drugs like the downfall is like so quick, you know, and it to that to that scene where when Angel comes in and they just slide the the tray out from underneath the the blanket. I feel you know? so bad for him. Right, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, this is this is what I wanted. I wanted to be around these people, and this is how they treat me. Still, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's getting them all of these drugs. And this is how they treat me. And, 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 and to, for a drug dealer to look around at disgust, right? At people doing the drugs, right. it takes a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. that's a good point. Well, and that's how you know that they're not paying him either, right? But yeah. but the sad part is, what's he do? He puts the puts the drugs on the on the tray, and a lot of them, and a lot of them. There was a lot of drugs there, and then was kind of like, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And he's in the outfit and everything. You know, right. thinking, for Angel? probably thinking that he's going to go to something cool and it's just three people. Blanket fort in a hotel room. room. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here's a fucking tray. Fill it up. Get out. Yeah. Dylan, yeah. Dylan, yeah. Dylan, Dylan McDermott sitting on the toilet. Somebody come talk to me. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't been that guy? I 
love oh, that God. part, by the way. He's so it's funny. Like, yeah. You think you're Peter Pan, but I'm Peter and I'm on the pen. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, but you're going to be by yourself on the pan. Yeah. You have to enjoy that. I hope the he part, just made the, that I got to say the gross out part for me of this movie, I mean, aside from the murder and all this shit, is the part where he's like, I can't pee. And she's like, yes, like, get in the tub. Uh, and and it's bad it. enough. He's like, oh, I can pee. And she's like, I'm peeing too. And cool. Then, and then they start spitting the water. Each other. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Although it's probably the, really the part, diluted, but still. Yeah. The part I couldn't watch because, like, spit grosses me out is when he, Ooh. like, they do, like, that close up of him. I, I actually, like, I started yeah. gagging and it's I just went yeah. away. And he, like, Crystal had to turn on away. his forehead. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I can't For do me, that. it's just I like, what? a lot of stuff. Yeah. I can't handle the I, loogies and, and spit. No, yeah. no, no. no. Uh, oh, God, no. I'm well, weird about spit. I don't even like to share drinks with well, people. I, I'm like, no, your spit's going to get in there. I had, uh, <laughs> yeah. Erica, Erica, I think Candy had told me, I think Candy had told me you, you've seen this film, but I just did, um, uh, on Saturday, I did uh, an episode for Podcast in the Woods, and we did our favorite revenge films, and I chose Mandy, and nice. he chose uh, the film Revenge. Have you you oh, yeah. seen it? I love that film. Loved it. It was it was the first time I'd ever so seen it. Kevin Ab- Costner, that old that older film? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. This is a newer one. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't see that so, yet, but I heard oh, good it's things. So good. It's on Shutter. Yeah, yeah. it's on Shutter it's, right now. But there mm-hmm. is a there is a scene in there where they do this up close uh, camera shot of this big old chubby guy, and he's eating these like chocolate marshmallow things. And it's like you're watching it as he's like masticating. Oh my yeah. god! And it just goes on, and I'm like, I can't watch this. Like, I can handle <laughs> blood and gore and intestines. But I don't. I don't want a close up of some dude like just mowing down on some fucking marshmallow. Oh, it was. I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> fucking disgusting. Yeah, gross. yeah. So I get the whole. I understand the whole spit thing. Like. That makes sense to me. But we were watching this, you know, for like the millionth time for me, Party Monster, last night. And I was like, if you ever got in the bathtub and pissed in it, I would divorce you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, like, if you want to piss in your own bathwater. Yeah. If you want to piss in your own bathwater, that's you. But like, if you get in the tub with me and you piss in it, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm dropping a baby Ruth in the tub next time. It <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of the Eddie Murphy thing. And she so goes in a cave. It <laughs> comes a big brown shark. Okay, I'm going really far back with that. Anyway. So, um, at this point in time, um, does anybody have any final thoughts on uh, Party Monster? Or the, the case behind it? Well, I just want to say that I, I feel this movie makes me feel old because I think uh, um, age-wise, I'm the closest to this film. And also geographically, I mean, it was only 15 miles across the river from New York City. But it's just it's just a, it's like one year separated me from these guys. And I'm not that I would have had the balls to go into the city and do what they did. But just I had no idea this movie existed. I did not know about the uh, party, uh, the club kids scene at all. Because at 86, I was in, you know, I was in a, a different sort of hell. And uh, yeah. It's just funny how you miss things by such a brief moment in time. I had no idea. And this was apparently a big deal uh, watching or the documentary. Just not on and, your radar, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had other shit going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't have had the, um, I wouldn't have <laughs> the boss to do that anyway. Uh, 
Crystal asked me, like, would you have, it, would you have gone into this? I'm like, no, I would never have had the balls to do anything like that. You know, <laughs> not, not at all. I remember uh, Sean was telling this story about, you said something about the, the handgun, you know, involved in the story. Yeah. And, you know, and you knew something bad was going on. Uh, one time when, you know, I thought I was hot shit uh, in living in New Jersey, we went, some friends and I thought it'd be a great idea to scrape up as much cash and couldn't go buy some Coke in the city. And just was, so we had this one friend who like knew this bar where he could get some Coke and we all scraped up and it was like 50 bucks that we got together. You know, I had never done Coke, but I didn't know. And so we wind up at this bar and like, we're in the car about to go in. He's like, okay, don't look anybody in the eye. Don't say any, don't say anything. And I just, that's when I realized, okay, I am in way over my fucking head. Right. <laughs> I, I've had that moment where I was like, that's, I gotta and get the fuck out of this shit. <laughs> so we walk into this bar. And so I'm just 21, just old enough to be in this bar. And you know, it's full of like fucking really tough guys. And he comes out with this bag of Coke and we go, and it was enough, you know, 50 bucks is enough Coke for like each of us to share one line. It was like not even enough Coke to even have any oh, Coke. My Lord. And, and that, yeah, that's when I decided that that life wasn't for me. Right. Don't, don't look anybody in the eye. Don't say anything. All right. Yeah. And, and don't get a full line of code. This is not where I need to be in my life. I think that's why I probably joined the military. Get the fuck out of that. Yeah, and yeah. when he when Sean was telling that story, he's like, Yeah, handguns involved, and I was planning about going back and buying more. And I'm like, Oh my god. Someone pulled well, a handgun on me because I actually know all the details for that story. It wasn't but let me Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like like he didn't have it pulled on me. It's just he was, was out. A, he was a fucking drug dealer and when somebody comes knocking at the door you he know, the gun. he he answered. He had a gun in his hand, and so when he let me in, once he once he realized who I was, once once I came in, he turned around, and that's when I saw it because he stuck it in the back of his pants, and I'm like, oh my god, I would have shit my pants. Right, the old pee stain on the front of your pants. Right, right yeah, because I mean that's pain. not my scene. I can't help it. Sorry, it's right <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not my scene. You know that I knew oh, no. people who mm -hmm. ran in that scene, and that's that's just not my scene. And but... see, that's the crazy thing about you is just know. knowing you so well. And I mean, everybody here on the podcast knows you pretty well. We were pretty open and honest about that who we are. Very different. Can you then. can you imagine what Sean like that? I remember when he was that age, and it's like, and I felt like God. This isn't you. This isn't who you are. You well, know, it's who I was you... at the time. But you thought well, you were. A... I think that you thought that you were, but you, well, you it weren't was, really, were you? It was LSD. When you're in high school too, like, ugh, I mean, I've been in. I was a dumbass. I've, I've been in dens before, like multiple times when I was in high school, just being like, eh, whatever. Here's a bunch of guns next to me. Right. Was like, I, I I got involved in like PCP a lot when I was that age, like being like this is fun, right. you know what like I mean? Little Miss so Mary like... Sunshine over here, <laughs> and you just yeah, I was delinquent, <laughs> and but I had no idea. I was just right. like whatever, fun times, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, Growing, when you're a teenager, you're like I could have died. <laughs> yeah, I mean I you and know there you was don't a, realize that there there was a, like right after uh, right after high school, um, you know I was so ready to get the fuck out of my house. That I just, you know, the second I, I turned eighteen, second I turned eighteen, I was just up and out, and I ended up in, living in an apartment with like five or six guys. Um, none of us had jobs, so I, how the fuck we paid rent? Picking the pubic I, hairs off the soap. Pretty Sorry. much, yeah. But <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't a thing to like leave and come back later, and the the apartment be full of people just completely passed out, completely fucked up, you know, uh, cocaine, mm. weed, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was, that was the lifestyle that we were living, 
you know. And that was and, the time where Sean and I were not talking. We had kind of gone our separate ways. And I was working full time, going to college full time. And I lived uh, my, oh, whatever you want to call him, my boyfriend, I guess. Um, he was a piece of shit. He was a musician, <laughs> same scene that Sean was in. Their bands played together a couple times. Um, we're on the same scene. And so we shared uh, the house that I fucking paid for, by the way, um, with another couple. And the, and the guitarist was in another band with my future ex-husband. Uh, yeah, I stayed in that scene for way too long. But see, the <laughs> thing is, is like I would leave, work my ass off, go to fucking school, come home, and the house was full of motherfuckers. Got the guitars out, got porn on the TV in the living room like it's a normal fucking thing. What? And I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. It was the same scenario, uh, Erica, if you recall, when we did I Spit on Your Grave. It was mm. that house. It was yeah. full of dudes. And I, you know that experience for me. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I just want to go to sleep. I work. I pay for this shit. And I don't get to fucking enjoy it. I'm paying for you guys to sit around, dick around on your guitars, and watch porn. And I can't even, like, flip on cartoons or something to chill the fuck out. I got to go hide in the bathroom to do my fucking homework. Like, it was fucked. It was fucked. We were dumb at that age. Everyone was dumb. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been dumb. That's what I. That's what I tell my kids. Like I did all this dumb shit, so you don't. So have you to. don't have to. <laughs> we do say that, and our kids are well adjusted, not drug users. They don't drink. They um, Nan's old enough to drink, and she rarely touches it like I do. Um, you know, they're they're well adjusted fucking kids because we've been very open and honest about this shit for a long time. This is what we did. This is what happened with us. Yeah, and you know, we the never murdered people. The more either, we tell, so. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's a big plus. They're good kids, and I'm like, thank God, because I don't think I could deal with a me. Oh I no, couldn't deal with a Sean. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I apologize to my mom all the time. I, I do too. I do too. Because I realize now. I realize now yeah. what I was. You know, exactly. I see it now. All those. But see, we got we're the we're the lucky ones. You know, some people. You know, they start that drug use then, and they never get out of it. And you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, eventually it turns to heroin, and that fucking kills you. Yeah. Either dead or And in that jail. wasn't going to be me. That wasn't going to fucking be me. Mm -mm. No. I lived uh, in the um, era where a lot of kids went on prescription drugs, and that turned into heroin. I'm on a so... lot of prescription drugs, yeah. to be fair. Well, this, you know, teenagers on prescription drugs. Yeah, that's not a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I saw like a lot of people growing up, like they ended up dying later, like when they tried getting off of it and then they would do something else and yeah. that would eventually kill them. And that's just kind of normal in my age range for that to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, ours too, the, the person yeah. I was referring to was his cousin and my best friend since childhood. She's dead three years this year. Yeah. Um, yeah heroin overdose like she just never could quit it and i was like and the same person tricked me into smoking crack <laughs> yeah. the same person who dosed my coke while i left my coke sitting out and she fucking put lsd in it because i said i didn't want to trip anymore i hated it because that was my anxiety disorder was starting to really manifest itself and it was severe so i'd always have a bad trip and she dosed my coke because they all were tripping and i didn't want to yeah. and you know and, and and now she's fucking dead and all these people that I used to know, like I see their lives, and I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck? Like, how did I get out? How did I get out? 
Yeah. And I think it's all in that letter that Joe Bob read. I had a fucking nervous breakdown and I just backed up. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to live this life. And I am on a lot of prescription drugs. We know I have back problems. We know I have like PTSD and anxiety disorders. I, I'm on the drugs that people want to take for fun. And let me tell you, they're not fun when you need them. Yeah. I'm on benzos. I don't have any fun with them. They just help me like have less panic attacks. I have like five to six per day. And you guys, I mean, Dave and Crystal have seen me like do my, one of my shrieking panic attacks. They're not fun to be a part of. Like whenever I'm like, <gasps> I can't breathe and I'm crying and yeah. I mean, that's the shit I got to live with. So it's like, it's not fun for me. My back hurts and my leg's never going to be right. And so I'm on fentanyl drip in my back. I don't have fun with it. Let me let me tell you that right now. It is not fun. I take Norco pills. They're not fun. They help me, like, not hurt as bad. It doesn't even take all the pain away. So I'm just here to tell you kids, leave them for the people who need them. They're not fun. If you think that they're fun, they're going to kill you. PSA. <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. For real. Eating rainbows. <laughs> so... <laughs> Moving on from Party Monster, before we give Sean shitty reviews and our own reviews, we have a new section on the show, which is a fan section. We had so many interesting, oh God, if, if I could just tell you all of these, but you'll find them out. Jenna's going to be thrown to the wolves on this one. <laughs> We've only done one of them. This will be our second one. People put in, and I asked for the weird ones, and I, boy, did I not know how weird people would get with these versus questions like, like so the last question that we had was submitted by our friend daniel nightmare nerd and it was uh leatherface versus buffalo bill that shit is a walk in the park compared to the shit that i have to sift through yeah. um people did get weird and i really underestimated people's weirdness so thank you and keep them coming i guess yeah um <laughs> so tonight's is herbert west with reanimated corpses versus the worms from Squirm. Discuss. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Around the world. love it i love it i love the fact I, that i love how fucking weird it is i love the fact that someone called out squirm because me too i was yeah. so excited i was like oh my god i have to do this one this mr one. beardsley when she <laughs> mr beardsley when she first told me this because she read this it morning. and she was like holy fucking shit she's like someone <laughs> you should you should hear this and so she tells me and i'm like who fucking did it because squirm is like one of those like under the radar like unless you're like a mystery science theater fan or you know a fan of those versus nature, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, nature strikes back. Were huge films, in yeah. the seventies. There's a lot of gods. A lot of people that we've yeah. we've mentioned squirm to before, and they're like uh, never even heard of it. Yeah, night of the leapers. Oh, yeah, there's tons of them. Worms, my favorite MST3K one. I love that episode so much. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Um, and and I so I will. I'm just gonna throw this out there real quick. I I love. Herbert West. I love Reanimator. I love. We Jeff just met Jeffrey Combs and Jeffrey Barbara Crampton Combs. in New oh, Jersey. Oh, he's so nice. He is. He's I such know. an awesome guy. 
but I got to give this to the worms and squirm. What? Yeah. And and, and I'll, I'll just throw my reasoning out there real quick. What a worms reanimated corpses. You know what I'm saying? They're just going to devour the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, that nothing that Herbert West has in his arsenal is going to be able to stop worms. And it's Herbert like West one... himself could probably eventually come up with um, something that maybe mm. like will tranquilize the worms. But I got yeah. you got to realize that these worms can like de-skin, de-tissue, de-organ well, they... down to a skeleton very, very quickly. They were uprooting fucking trees. Right, throwing a tree on the fucking house. Like, um, I'm with Sean. We discussed this this morning. It, uh, the the worms from Squirm get it, and it's not just because I like the movie Squirm, which not many people do, and I don't really. It's it's my it's my dog, it's my dog, and I love it. But, um, but I have to agree with that. I'm a huge Reanimator fan, and um, you know, like I said, we just met Jeffrey Combs and Barry Crampton, and and they lovely people they had they signed like the coolest shit on my reanimator poster it was really great but much as i love reanimator i do have to give it to the worms from squirm i'm sorry <laughs> they would win Who's oh that? i totally agree like there's right. no way they like they they're unstoppable like the upper trees they come out of faucets like yes. you, they you can't yeah you can't mess with them like yeah, Herbert West, he, he can reanimate, like, one thing at a time a little bit. But... Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Half-assed. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even that well. So, yeah, no Got way. Got details later. <laughs> Dave, Crystal, what do you think? Uh, well, worms don't have uh, much of a brain that I'm aware of, so I don't think you wouldn't be able to, like, you wouldn't be able to reanimate them to your minions anyway, right? So yeah. I, I, I give it to the worms. Plus, there's just an avalanche of them, you know. Yeah, there's the numbers. So they just have the numbers too. They just yeah. by sheer numbers, the worms win. Look at the way Crystal's looking at Dave. Fun, I love it. Oh, I also want to shout out real quick. Movie Runner on Twitter brought this one to our attention. Good question, you sick fuck. I'm sorry. I love it. Love it. And I do love the Mystery Science Theater episode. But like you were saying, this this one is near to my heart too because it's part of that Nature Strikes Back theme, which was really huge in the sort of late 70s, when pollution was becoming more of a, uh, in the public eye, you know, Food of the Gods, Night of the Lepus, um, yeah, Empire of the Ants was a great one. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, the worm, I give it to the worms. Worms, I'm team worms. All right, so we got four for the worms. All right, Crystal. David hasn't shown me squirm yet, but I'm oh, looking no. at just, That just sounded oh. so wrong. <laughs> you show her the show worm right you. now. You made me squirm. Oh, oh, I'm um, sorry. It's a hilarious fucking episode. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, but I was looking at him funny because earthworms have uh, two brains, one on oh. each end. <laughs> That's why okay. I was like, what was the murder can... look for? Is she disagreeing or? <laughs> I was looking at him oddly. Um, <laughs> and they're in half, they can still live. Um, um, I I don't know. Uh, I do know Squirm was filmed in Port Wentworth, Georgia, um, which is down by Savannah. What be so fly about that creek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Black Creek. Live you can nude get to it worms. five miles one way or a half a mile the other way, which makes no fucking sense. By <laughs> no <way>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know because I guess it depends. I came up with a long list of uh, categories last week. Mm -hmm. 
and this week, I guess, because I'm at a disadvantage because I haven't seen Squirm, I can't come up with categories because we everything have, we that prep time. Well, yeah, we didn't have enough prep time, but everything that Herbert West reanimates doesn't really reanimate well. Right. <laughs> and I would think I would think if these worms are electrically induced. It's going to counteract anything that Herbert West reanimates. So it's just going to like negate whatever he reanimates. So um, I guess the worms win. Team worms. Yeah. Team worms. Okay. They let's, win. Let's worms Science, all the way scientifically. Down. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know. Now we just got to hear from Erica who. Yes, yeah, sir. On my recommendation, like, and I don't think she likes me very <laughs> much right now. Yeah. She's I like, Squirm, what? I hate this movie. No, I'm kidding. I know that it was such an odd pairing, too. Like, what? Why would you match these up? I, I have, have to no go idea now. what else is on this fucking list. Let me tell you, this is tame. Oh, wow. Um, I have to go with Herbert West. For got one to, thing, got to be the outlier. Yeah. like, you know, definitely outperforms the worms and squirm. A much better actor. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, Her, being a scientist, um, I think he would come up with a solution to neutralize the worms. That's but as far as give un, it enough time, maybe. Yeah, as far as like the undead zombies that he reanimates, they they would definitely be worm food. So I I think the worms would win against them. But I I think uh, Herbert West would probably prevail in this situation. Assuming he doesn't get caught under a worm avalanche. Right. See, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, this is a I, real threat. I, I factored that in and I was like, I really think the worms have the advantage. Is that no. a worm avalanche? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Take a shower. There's no water coming out. Worms coming out, though. <laughs> I know we're not talking about squirm tonight, but I do have a question. Has, soon. has anyone ever done the research to see if, if electricity actually does draw? Remember, I talked about it. It was a long ago episode that it can affect them. Yes. Really? It mm -hmm. does in the soil. I had to learn about mm -hmm. this in, in uh, honors biology class in, in college. Huh. Um, the professor wrote a thesis about worms. And then I know a lot about fire ants because he, he wrote a PhD oh, paper yes. about fire ants. Fire ants. Yeah, because um, remember, I did the research on it because Rob and I were going back and forth on it like... <laughs> probably two seasons ago mm. i was like we're gonna do squirm he's like oh my god why and then and then i was like no but they did studies like i did a whole like little mini squirm episode within no. whatever I've, the fuck we were talking about i've slept since then yeah well, I, have too. Magnetize I, too. I remember it so for the official verdict on our versus movie runner uh the worms win uh squirm worms win. worms they're Sorry, fucking gross <laughs> fuck right off after it rains, I'm like stepping around worms, like, oh no, no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, they get pretty bad here climbing up. They come in <sighs> under the garage door. They like oh, slide like, oh, like, oh, like that. No. Yeah. It's pretty I'll good. send Cheyenne. She will love to pick up the fish food. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like anything that squirms, including snakes. Um, I'm not scared of them. I just don't like them. Like spiders, fuck off. I'm scared. No, I'm, <laughs> spiders can fuck off. Oh. Oh. Spiders can fuck right off. They actually kind of cool. And, I and, like you know, spiders, just... roaches, no. Mm -mm. Okay, no. Yeah, no to that. Anything Maggots. that, like, scurries, nope. Yeah, spiders fucking scurries. What? And the thing yeah, is, but not I as had... much no, as roaches. Have you seen roaches jumping spiders? Roaches scurry, scurry and then, like, fly in your face. 
Have you seen like jumping most, spiders? Because we have jumping like, spiders. Roaches, jumping spiders. roaches will always scurry, whereas like sometimes spiders scurry. <laughs> Not all the time. Welcome to you wait the until you're really ready to be scared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the jumping spiders, jumping spiders are one of the main reasons I'm afraid of spiders. Because one time there was a spider on the ground. My grandma's like, don't be afraid of it. She's always trying to like introduce <laughs> me to bugs. Like that was her thing. Because, you know, she was a gardener. And... She's like, oh, no, it's fine. And the motherfucker jumped on me. And I have this thing about things getting in my hair because I've had a bat fly in my hair once. I don't like anything near my hair. I'm like, don't, as long as, is the hair okay? We're good. Don't let anything get in my hair. And a fucking spider, I'm terrified a spider will get into my hair. And then I will just literally die from also, it. Like, and Sean's been bitten by brown recluses, one. which are native here, twice. No. And this motherfucker's not, not afraid of spiders. And I'm like, I'm afraid. And I've never been bitten. Never. Yeah, they have brown reckless. Yeah, don't they like? Yeah, Ugly brown recluses are bad. That's a, they're yeah, bad. They are right? bad. You can get fucked yeah. up from that. You don't want to get. Yeah, we have brown recluses and uh, black widows. Fun thing: brown recluses are found everywhere in the U.S. No. Yay! I've, I've had to. I've had to go to the hospital twice because yeah, of scar from like. Why rock. does nature hate us so much? What did <laughs> What did we do? Uh, we've done a lot. They were like, "Let's just say we've done a lot. We deserve you. it." Take these movies and enjoy but not them. Me personally, yeah, we said, "Right, look what happened. Look what happened." <laughs> I'm more of an indoor girl. So, you know, me too. no camping. There is no camping to me is walking down and having to get ice from the ice maker at the hotel. I don't fucking camp. I don't do outside. Yeah, I don't and do I don't understand people who girl. do, like who think the, the idea I'm of not trained the night, for outside. But that I'm sounds good to them. It's like, what, what is wrong with you? It's machine. Uh, <laughs> you like camping? Yeah, it's, it's oh, like, no. you just, you like, you forgot the drunk part. You, oh, you no, know, the well, part. I've well, never been much of a drinker. right <laughs> there. I started drinking at 39. My back fucked up, and then they were like, you can't drink. I do sneak a drink here. You must one. have been really thirsty. <laughs> really. <laughs> you know, yeah, like alcohol. Thank you, Nah, very funny. But yeah, uh, I'm an indoor girl. I don't camp. If you're like, we're going camping and it's going to be romantic, I'm like, have a good fucking time, you and your hand. Yeah, I'm not going yourself. We're going camping. Oh, great. We're going, uh, camping we're to me is like a hotel up. that's a little subpar. Yeah. Or you're just like a little questionable about the hotel room. I'm like, mm, that's camping to me. Anyway, um, let's move along to Sean's shitty reviews. Crystal. Oh, we're back to that theme song, huh? <laughs> I'm not good at doing like before? fake techno yeah. beats at all. We need a techno beat to it. I couldn't do the. I can't do the 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 thing. The throat singing. Yeah, I can't do the throat uh, singing uh, thing. We'll you want to do it? No. no. You want to do Dave's theme song? No, mine's no. Oh, Stop being I know either. that look Sorry. and that tone. I yeah. am well familiar with that tone. See what you needed <laughs> to do. It. What you needed to do since we did party monsters. <laughs> Ready, ready to hear some bullshit. Oh yeah, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through. I got quite a few of them. Um, some. Of oh, them I'm are, sure you do. Some of them. Are, up. 
Some of them are pretty funny, so I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just run right through these. Um, our first one, um, terrible film. I'm ashamed to say I actually own it. <laughs> I'm already confused. Yeah. Um, our next one. Um, it was like an acting class on how not to act. You simply must see this train wreck. Worst movie ever. Those party kids lived such horrible lives. They needed to die. Seriously. <laughs> oh most, my god! Most you're of going them did. Hell. So, yeah. They needed to die. Oh, you well, haven't. One of them did. <laughs> you haven't. I don't believe in hell, but if I did, you should go there. You haven't heard the worst. <laughs> this next one gets the uh, Dickhead of the Year award. Oh. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna read through this. Just hold your hold your vitriol until the end. I, I don't know if we'll be able to, but go on. Yeah. Hold I'll your try. hold hold on to your vitriol. Based on a true story. The movie, at best, tries to show what happens to gay boys who come from nowhere to a big city by themselves. The characters are all losers and hollow-minded. There is, however, a murder in this one. But there's no suspense, and it happens near the end of the movie, after you see about 70 minutes of gay guys dancing and acting and talking all gay-like. You know, like the stereotype, exaggerated. On the plus side, for me... There is absolutely no gay sex or even gay kiss scenes. Oh it, my god! Extremely, I'm actually furious right now. Extremely boring and meaningless. If you're a heterosexual, um, just take all that and reverse it to oh, there's no hetero kissing or hetero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. putting your fucking heterosexuality into my face. It's so annoying. Yeah. So <laughs> no, um, I don't mind if you're straight as long what, as you're gay in public. What yeah, church is that guy the pastor of? Right, right, Westboro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the limelight. Homophobia. Maybe it's the limelight. <laughs> oh, I didn't get into the limelight. Yeah, that is some uh, serious homophobic yeah, bullshit. Yeah, that was some bullshit. And I'm like wow. actually furious. Like, well, how that's dare why. You? That's why I love Cancel, like motherfucker. That's why I love that the limelight, like, like where they do that. It was a church. Yeah. yeah, like it's, it was it's like always a been a church, church. Yeah. and so it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mo moving on to uh, more hilarious banter. Uh, man, what the fuck? This could have been so good, but I couldn't get through the god-awful acting and the shitty everything. Not even <laughs> Chloe Savigny could save it. Uh, our next one is from uh, Call Me By Your Pussy. Is that uh, what? <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Uh, Okay. Hey. This is this is from Call Me by Your Pussy. Um this is what happens when you leave your kid home alone two Christmases in a row. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's like slapping okay, that on the was back funny. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> goddamn funny. Uh Jazz Apples says, "Man, what the fuck?" That's it. That's the that's, that's the that's review. All? Okay. You know, I could see that. I could see that being a review. So what do you think going in? Um uh, all the normies. <laughs> Lizzie Thorson says, This movie is awful to look at. Not in an artistic way. The angles are stressful, and the dialogue is fucking atrocious. You can tell it wasn't written by actual club kids. A shitty movie for a shitty man. Uh, Heather Heather Nightmare says, I just like how it was written by club kids. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, it was completely... Uh, totally you need to back check your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Heather Nightmare says, Just thinking about being a club kid makes me tired. Same. Uh, okay. <laughs> Serena, yeah. Serena says this was bad, so bad, so 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 bad. 
I'm sorry. I feel like I'm not articulating well. This was bad. She's right about one thing. STG says, why did I do that to myself? The Room meets Pee-wee's Big Adventure meets Requiem for a Dream. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? That's not... I you know, know, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. And then last... <laughs> but that's a good thing, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love Pee-wee. Like don't no. don't mess with me about Pee-wee. I love Pee-wee. And then I, last, rules. last, but certainly not least, uh, Spencer says, it took two people to, to direct this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did. That's a fact thing. Wow. Thank you, okay. Spencer. It's really hard to, uh, well, most of those reviews were just ridiculous, but the homophobia guy. Oh, they, he can uh, fuck right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all was agree. clearly lusting on some of that Macaulay Culkin ass. Yeah. We need the worms. <laughs> we need the worms from Squirm on his ass. Yeah. For real. Make him the worm face. That's right. Who going to be the worm yeah. face? Okay. Um, so my review um, is, will come as zero surprise to anyone. I give this film a 10 out of 10 champagne glasses full of piss. Um, I, I really like this movie. Um, I was really excited about it when it came out. I was uh, working at the video store because that was just what I did and uh, snatched it. And I, I was just entranced by it. I really thought it was an entertaining way to tell a really terrible story and all like a cautionary sort of tale but the fact is you know they say the acting was bad and, and the dialogue was bad but these like if you watch the documentaries and the interviews these are real things that james st james and michael alex said these are yes. real things that were said things that were done a lot of the costumes in the 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 film were donated by the club kids at the time so they were real costumes worn um, to these parties. That really happened. Um, I feel like it has just enough surrealism to make you feel like you're on drugs, to make you kind of romanticize a little bit, just enough to when you're like, oh shit, this is about the fucking murder. Really? That's building up to, that it pulls you right back out. And I think that that is really effective. This film... Um, is always beset with bad reviews it did not have a wide release it did not have a huge budget and um you know seth green macaulay culkin they they did their homework they talked to the real people they you know the book itself uh disco bloodbath was heavily used uh the shockumentary was used uh real footage was you know dramatically reenacted but, uh, yeah, these are real things that happen, and I know it's so hard for people to believe that, but they believe the dead body, they believe the murder, um, you know, and it's just, I think it's a neat little grisly, fabulous, weird tale of how it came about, and how you could easily, it, you transition into that, like, this evolution into de-evolution, I think it's brilliant, um, I know probably not everybody's going to agree with me, and that's okay, because to me, it, it's just one of those movies that I think it's uh, criminally underrated and totally overlooked. So, 10 out of 10, champagne glasses of piss. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm going to give this uh, 9 out of 10 rat witnesses. I uh, 
I haven't seen this nearly as many times as, as Candy has, but, you know, she's the whole reason that I found out about this in the first place. Um, and I got to say, I'm not the biggest Macaulay Culkin fan. Um, there were there were some scenes in this that I, you know, I was, I, I kind of, I don't know, it's something about his face and the laugh that he did that it kind of, I don't know, there were a couple times I, I it was kind of cringy to me. But Seth Green, I I love Seth Green in almost everything he does. Uh, Wilson Cruz, who played Angel, I thought he did a phenomenal Thanks. job because um, he didn't he he didn't have a whole lot of speaking parts, but you could just <coughs> see that he, he 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 did the expressions. You know, he showed his emotions really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting story. I'd love to read the book. That's probably going to be my. I'm going to start probably reading that tonight. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's an interesting story, interesting film. Um, it is underrated. You don't hear a whole lot of people talk about it. I didn't hear about this forever. So, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of kind of underrated underground films. Like I said, kids is one of my favorites and, you know, that's one of those films that not a whole lot of people know about, but if you know it, you know it, you know, and that's kind of how I feel about this one. So, uh. Nine out of ten rat witnesses. Okay, who would like to go next? Uh, Jenna. I'll go. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Jenna. I'm sorry. Um, definitely ten out of ten. Um, oh, man, what was I going to say? <laughs> ten out of ten drug salads. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was one of my favorite movies growing up. It definitely, like... Like I took, I saw that and like made it part of my personality. <laughs> so like I have to give it to this movie. Um, it, it was interesting seeing like this scene that I wasn't really a part of and didn't really have like any experience in and kind of got to live vicariously through this movie. Um, even if it's like messed up drug field movie, it definitely has like that glamorous part to it that you're like, ooh, this looks kind of fun. Um, and I agree, like, Chloe Colgan's performance was okay for me. I still, like, really loved him in this movie, but re-watching it, there were some parts where I'm like, mm, I don't know. But, um, Seth Green blew it out of the frickin' park. Like, he really, and, like, now knowing more about James St. James and everything, it's like, wow, you, you also did a really <laughs> good job, like, emulating James St. James. Um, he's dead on in that film, and I really loved um, his performance. And still, Macaulay Culkin's performance is good. It's just compared to um, uh, Seth Green's performance, just there's no way you can live up to that. <laughs> Right, right. Um, and the direct, the directing is amazing. Just everything about this movie is amazing. Um, any movie that makes me feel like I'm having a panic attack, I actually love because it's it's fun. It's like making me experience feelings. <laughs> so ten out of ten drug salads, which I is think a good that looking for this like movie is control. a drug salad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But looking for those panic attacks is something I think we do as horror fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Panic attacks. Yeah, exactly. Controlled. 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 That's why my therapist is like, you know, supports my love of horror because it's controlled anxiety. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. Erica. Um, I'm going to give it eight out of ten, ten inch sticks. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, yeah, I, I'm not like a huge true crime fan. So, I mean, it's not like the type of genre I would really seek out. But, um, you know, I, I thought the performances were really solid and I, I liked the way the story was told. Um, and then after watching the film, I, I watched some interviews with the, the real life people who were portrayed in the film. And I, I think the actors did a really good job at portraying them. So I definitely have to give them props for that. Um, also, just um, I know, some really like gorgeous costume de- design that like kind of really put you in that club feel. So I, I really did enjoy that part as well. All right, um, solid review. Dave and Crystal, you're up. Um, so I'm gonna give this eight out of ten. I didn't write it down, and Dave surprised me by telling me to go first. <laughs> so he um, uh, like threw me off. Um, my eight out of ten, what it was gonna be? Exposed brains. No, uh, it wasn't. Okay. Anyway, um. I didn't say a lot this episode. I had seen this before. My sister was a big fan of this, had this DVD. Um, So I'd seen it a lot with her. Um, I just uh, don't get into the glorification of uh, any murderers. Um, I I am um, okay with uh, the, all the club scene stuff. It was a little bit before me um, when this stuff was coming to an end. I want to say the murder of Angel happened maybe right before my freshman year of high school. So, oh my god, you're just, so old, Crystal. Well, it just it it just missed me. Like all of this stuff just missed me, and so. Like when they're talking about Special K and, and that's ketamine. And so Seth Green's character, you know, explains what that is and the chemical processes. He's completely correct on how all of that works in the body and, and what that is and how that fucks you up. And yes, it is a horse tranquilizer. And we do use that for anesthesia for uh, certain cases. Um, and then they talked about uh, recephanol which is another drug that is used. It is illegal here in the U.S., but it is legal in other parts of the world. It is a benzodiazepine. It is in the same vein as Valium. It's actually kind of uh, the Mexican Valium. It is a very powerful uh, sleeping pill. Um, we kind of more know it today as the date rape drug. It's an intermediate acting uh, drug and it will knock you. Yeah, what's the word disassociative, right? It will knock. Yeah, it will knock you on your ass very quickly and knock you out. And is a blackout drug. Um, and like then Xanax. Y- yes, it's yeah, it's more powerful, and that's why it's illegal. Oh dear God! Yeah, it's why it's illegal here. Um, uh, Xanax shouldn't be fucking legal. Yeah, Xanax is Xanax is in the same category, but it's longer acting. It takes longer um, for it to start its uh, drug properties um, than this. Um, and then, of course, they talk about MDMA, which is ecstasy, um, and then coke and heroin and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, you got all all of your your 
the heavy hitters. Yeah, all your, all your good stuff in there. Um, this got overlooked in the South by uh, the Matthew. Um, I put my phone up. Um, Shepherd, Shepherd, Matthew Shepherd case. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that's right. That it this completely got overlooked by that, and that happened in October of '98. Uh, his murder. So it, it, Angel's death and murder in this case just got completely, just got completely overlooked in the South by that. Um, so, um, but this movie was great. I think Seth, Seth Green kind of stole the show as James St. James in it. Um, and then I think, because I didn't speak a lot here, um, just <laughs> my favorite moment is Marilyn Manson as Christina literally falling out of the semi that yeah. I, I was, the man couldn't walk on the platform stilettos period but falling out of that semi is probably the funniest thing yeah it's one of the most comedic and that period. laugh that laugh that and he does as Christina yes just fucking hilarious but yeah when, I, um when they like arrest him and he's just like, oh, yeah. like, it's like, just so man, good. Man, get it together. And I'm like, oh, you go searching. You're going to find ma'am. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, eight, eight out of 10 for me. Um, it'll come back to me and I'll probably shout out what my eight out of 10 was. Just shout it out. Yeah. All during right. the little dates review. Um, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm actually terrified because. Uh, I'm only going to be able to give this one a six out of ten. Um, <gasps> my, well, the, 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 the gas, oh shit! I'm never going to be on again. Oh, no, yeah. Eyebrow, the people's eyebrow over here. Yeah, the eyebrow came out. I always have the and eyebrow game. And now, and now I'm under and pressure. I can't remember my fucking thing either. Because we switched. You wanted to switch it up. <laughs> what was well, so? What was mine going to be? I don't know. So you, you didn't get, tell me. No we didn't write it down. So yes, yeah, six. Oh, a six out of ten. I was going to say six out of ten. Dylan McDermott's being way hotter than the guy he's playing because um, yeah, everybody oh else God, the, yeah. well, everybody else's sure. movie kind of looked like the person they were playing, especially uh, Seth Green, who was spot on for mm -hmm. uh, the guy he was playing. James, James. Where uh, Dylan McDermott uh, doesn't look anything like the dude Peter he was Gation. playing, Peter Gation. Then, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, that was kind of jarring okay. watching the documentary. To be uh, fair, but, Dylan McDermott is the hotter version of anyone. So yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I watched an article about about him. I, I forgot what show it was it like uh, L.A. Law, not L.A. One of those lawyer shows he was on, and he was described as liquid sex. And I and I and I can see that he's, he's very hot. He's smoking uh, hot. Slime bag. No, is he a slime? Uh, so yeah. I, uh, so I cancel him too. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I just saw him at a con too. Yeah. Aww. This is Leanne Rimes' husband. This is Leanne Rimes' husband. That he was married to another woman and she stole him from her. Oh, that's yeah. fine. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but the the, the the reason that I'm uh, scoring it so low is That's Eddie Cibrian. No. Huh? That's not fun. Huh? <laughs> Pretty sure. No. No. What are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Here's my phone. Some shit up. Well, give me your phone. Right, what is? What's so, going no, on? You, I'm what'd just you saying, say? If, if Dylan, Dylan McDermott cheated on his wife, it's because he's Dylan McDermott. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but um, the reason I'm scoring it so low is because it's, it, this film wasn't that impactful to me because, like I mentioned, when this whole scene was going on, I was in a completely different place in my life. I wasn't really paying attention to much of anything outside of my own kind of misery, my own little you know self-pity party that I had for a couple of years. So this really, I did not hear, and the fact that I grew up right across the river, right when this was going on, is, the fact that I'd never heard of this before is amazing to me. Um, so it, it just wasn't that impactful. I didn't think that um, Macaulay's performance was really that great at all. It was sort of one note. Seth Green was incredible. Chloe Savigny, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing mm -hmm. that. She was, in the limited amount of screen time that she had, she was amazing. She's proven herself to be an incredible actress. In everything. In everything she's in. She's really good. I just didn't think, I didn't think, um, I really thought it was uh, Seth Green's show. I mean, he opens the movie, he closes the movie. He's hilarious. He has some laugh out loud. Even some of the scenes where he's not saying anything, when he's just passed out. It's funny because he's laying there, you know, he just drank the ketamine hot chocolate and he's passed out. It's very funny. Yeah. But this, this, uh, this, this whole, the whole, it, uh, I haven't had time to process all this. It doesn't, it didn't mean that much to me because I'd never heard of it before yesterday. And, and the thing is, here's the funny thing about me. I'm such a pussy. I was thinking I was going to bump my score up, but then I was like, no, stick to your, the first fucking score you came up with in your head. Because I know that everybody loves this movie, and I feel bad, but I just—it doesn't—it didn't mean that much to me. I don't because... think that stops anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, don't yeah, let I him. Mean, don't I'm... let him scare you, Dave. I'm, but I'm... <laughs> no, I like it. Let's right. scare him. <laughs> you know, if I watch it ten more times, maybe I, I actually found the documentary to be even more fascinating than the film because it's like we were saying, a lot of the lines in the movie—not just a lot, great many of the lines in the movie—were yeah. stolen directly from the real lines from the people and i thought that documentary was much more fascinating watching the I real people i highly recommend it one hour watch on youtube for free. yeah it was I really I didn't, great i gotta yeah, watch it's it it's like it's like 53 minutes yeah it wasn't long yeah. and it was yeah it was it was really great and, and remember when and, i said earlier i was sitting watching a documentary in the garage mm. oh and then we watched That's what about I was the watching. 20 minute the 20 minute documentary about uh, uh what's his name uh his, the, the main guy i'm drunk drunk i'm drunk i'm drawing a blank on his I'm name like, the, yeah yeah his last like couple of years after he gets out of jail, there's a short like 18 minute documentary about his last years. Uh -huh. Very sad. Very him trying to recapture the limelight and failing because he he was in he went into jail right before sort of social media exploded. And he comes out into this world that he doesn't understand anymore. You know, and he was the, he was the coolest kid in the world back then. It's, it's It was really it's really a great little uh, follow up, a great little, uh, you know, um, so dessert sad, to the, uh, the. Yeah, it was, it was also yeah. worth watching. So the, it doesn't end score, well. have to... No. Yeah. It, 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 for, and for almost any of them except RuPaul. James well, well James St. James does quite well. James St. James is yes, a RuPaul show, and um, yeah. he's very much revered in the LGBTQ community. James St. Right. James is a bastion in the community. And yeah. Amanda Lepore is still a goddess. Amanda Lepore, yeah. <laughs> yes, still. she is. And genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Was that someone's name? Yeah, that's her name. Again, you have Tourette's or? There's quite a few names that came out of that. RuPaul quickly dissociated from it because 
you know, he got famous and went on to do other things. Um, it was really the B-52s that helped skyrocket him. Yeah. They've been very LGBTQ-friendly, as most of them are members of the community. I love the B-52s. Listen to the B-52s. But, yeah, uh, they, uh, RuPaul the Love Shack video, and then RuPaul came out with the supermodel song, which they used in the movie because RuPaul couldn't make the movie. But, you know, it um, would have been interesting to see what RuPaul would have done. Yeah. He's, he's such a big presence and it has been for so long even at the time this movie was made 2003 everybody fucking knows who rupaul is and especially mm -hmm. now jesus rupaul's like a super fucking star oh, yeah rupaul it fracks now on her yeah on her well ranch. that that's the unfortunate news <laughs> yeah but rupaul overall is still a good force in the community yes <laughs> can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else avian you know i'm just saying mostly good things but uh quickly dissociated from this kind of lifestyle which i think is a smart thing to do but anyway that's gonna um wrap up our party monster episode uh thank you guys for watching the movie if you hadn't watched it before um i know this is one of those weird requests you're gonna think back on this movie when we do velvet goldmine and go oh i missed party monster <laughs> party monster made sense because um, that's another Jenna and Candy exclusive. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, we yeah. both love this movie. We're going to make everyone do it. And it has a lot of horror ties. Yeah. But uh, we'll get there very soon. Um, very similar. So, yeah, yeah, they're similar. But this one actually makes more sense. And, you know, based on a real murder, like, Velvet Goldmine's just its own special. Its own thing. entity. It's special. <laughs> and that's okay. That's what I love about it. Anyway, um, plugs. Uh, Jenna, what you got? Uh, you can find me zombie wasabi on Twitter and then zombie futon on Instagram. And that's about awesome. it. That's all I got going on. <laughs> okay. I'll do mine. I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, everything's in my link tree, which is link tree slash candy final girl. That's all house that screams stuff. I run our socials. Um, and so if you want to find anything house that screams, it's the main two places you can find me twitter at house underscore screams candy final girl on instagram but also there's a million links in our link tree including the whole bunch of shit in the house that screams store that you can buy please buy it and you can support us on anchor for as low as 99 cents a month and i'm sean of the dead you can find me on instagram and twitter at sean of the dead uh i've been making the rounds uh did a couple of guest spots on some podcasts lately uh podcast in the woods Baron's Hideout and Podcast of the Damned. Uh, check all of them out. Shout out to Nico who couldn't make it tonight. Um, he's going to be you, kind of on a, a hiatus because he's going to be moving soon. So uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. And thank you, Jenna, for being here once again. Um, of course. Been seeing you a lot lately, and we plan on seeing you a lot more. We are not upset about that. We love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. We're kind of sick of you. Get out of here. Keep you. I'm constantly sliding into her DMs <laughs> like, hey, Jenna, I'm going to do this episode. Yeah. Do you want to do it with me? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> well, Party Monster and Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, I'm sliding into her DMs. I'm always like, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl, Party Monster. I, I actually do, though. I'm always like, hey, girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I welcome Erica. it. <laughs> uh, find me uh, at com and on Instagram at MyHorrificLife. And that's short and sweet. <laughs> and <laughs> check is. out Final Girl Cosmetics as well. We've got big things coming. Big things. Um, Speaking of big things coming, somebody dropped into <laughs> your DMs the other day. Oh. oh, God. Usually I get the stalkers. Oh. 
Wait, what um, just happened? Okay, so it's exactly what you think, dude. Usually, I just get stalkers, the people who are just like, I think you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Where do you live? What street do you live on? Shit like that. So, I much more would prefer if you're going to harass me to send me videos that I can report instead of saying this motherfucker's stalking me. Because I get stalked by men and women, um, um, particularly on Instagram, occasionally on Twitter. And sometimes on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook very much, but somebody slid into my Facebook DMs the other day and uh, sent me a, a really dirty, nasty little video. And I'm like, wow, this is so much easier to deal with. I didn't ask for it. I'm still harassed, but they're not stalking me. They're just showing me things I don't want to see. And I laugh at, and then I show to my husband and we laugh about it. And then, yeah. I, you know, they're blocked or reported. So I don't usually get harassed in the way where somebody thinks I want to look at their penis or genitalia, whatever type. Because um, that's that's easier for me to deal with. I can just not look at it or block it. It's not the people who fucking stalk me. Um, they're just harassing me. Yeah. And I can and report that easier. I come walking in the door and she's like, I had to go through hell. Now you do too. And then she shows me this video. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Little 10 second clip, and I'm just like, Yeah. Do you think they had this saved into their phone and they just give this to everybody? I think so. You know, we had to. I see, I can analyze it and I can laugh about it and I can report it. They're not asking where I live or just trying to stalk me and saying like uncomfortable things. Like, I'm wearing a long sleeve Frankenhooker tee that I I wear a lot since I got it. And people are just like, You look so sexy. And I'm like, You can't even see my tits. (laughs) What do you want? Go away. Yeah. Fuck I've, off. I've just never, my pictures. I've never understood the whole, you know, randomly send a dick pic thing. Like, oh, it's super I don't, how, I, I don't how, understand. It is very gross. How often has that worked? How often has that worked? Like, I can tell you, 0%. zero percent. I've never been. Yeah. I can't think of any woman I know who is like, or guy, who's like, wow, that's a nice dick. No. I think I better answer them and talk to them and get to know them. I've got a couple to go to the doctor. Say what? What'd you say? Don't look quite right. (laughs) I mean, it's just like it's fucking, it's fucked up. And if you're one of those people, one don't stalk people. And we know because I get on Instagram and I've got two hundred fucking notifications. Maybe fifty of them are for House that Screams and other shit. And the other ones are just people going through and liking my pictures back till I was blonde, which was before the show. And I'm like, okay, you just got blocked. Don't be creepy <laughs> online, fuckers. Men, women, whatever you identify as, don't do this. Just yeah. don't. People don't need that. Fuck off. Anyway, um. <laughs> the more you know. You talk. <laughs> Reading what? rainbow. Crystal. Plugs. Uh, please, we're plugs. Wherever you find Dave, you can find me. And, I think that's And where cute. can we find Dave. Just, just here. This is it. <laughs> if you want, if, if if you want to reach me on Facebook, you have to send cat videos because that's pretty much I blocked everything else. I just, just want specify what kind of cat. Just got you covered. Actual felines, actual felines, preferably yes. kittens. Yeah, that's yeah. everything else is blocked. If anything, yeah. if anybody posts anything political on my Facebook, be it conservative or liberal, I block it. I just don't want that stuff. I just want cat no videos. Politics, no religion. Yeah, I just want no. cat videos and horror stuff. So yeah, just just here. Uh, thank you for anyone listening. Everyone listening, uh, yeah. appreciate it. Um, it's a lot of fun to be here, and I uh, hope everyone has fun listening to me. Yeah, and I want to yeah. thank everybody for idiot. making us hit the goal really quickly of 
4.1k followers on Twitter. And <laughs> our Instagram is at over 2k followers now. That just yeah. happened since our last nice. show. Yeah. I was very practiced. I asked my, reached out to my daughter, who is very, um, you know, uh, social media savvy. And I said, so we have like 4.1 thousand followers. What's that like? And she said, that's not nothing. So I <laughs> took that as a great, great praise. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. So you should all be proud of yourselves. And thank you all. Jenna, you're on the show enough that, you know, you contribute a lot. And um, thank <clears> you. <throat> Thanks. Thank you to all of you for being here. And um, looking forward to Thursday. Yay. Yay. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Love you. Good night. Love you guys. Have a good night.